You're listening to the Tech Made Simple podcast, episode number 13. Welcome to Tech Made Simple, a podcast for people who want more from the technology they use. Here's your technology navigator, Michelle Guerra. Hello there, my friends. Today's episode is a special one. I conducted my first guest interview for the Tech Made Simple podcast. I wanted to mix up the format a little this time and share a real story with you about people in their technology. In all of my coaching or teaching experience, I try my best to identify a story that you, my audience, can connect with and feel motivated or inspired to build more confidence in the technology you use. So last week's episode, number 12, I covered a topic on ransomware. I define what it is and how to protect yourself from this form of hacking. If you missed that episode, go back and listen, because there are some really great points that I shared with the research that I did on that topic. In today's topic, I conducted an interview with a friend of mine, a church leader that has suffered a tragic loss of some of their data from a ransomware attack. Yes, it may be hard to believe, but churches use technology and they are not immune to being hacked. Individuals or small businesses can be a victim of ransomware as well. My special guest on today's podcast is Father Les Carpenter, of St. Aidan's Episcopal Church, located in Cyprus, Texas. I first met Father Les when I was at a coffee shop hanging out with my friend Wendy. Now, I didn't know this, but Wendy had scheduled back-to-back coffee meetings with me and Father Les. He just so happened to come a little early to his meeting. And I believe Wendy called this situation clergy crashing of our coffee meeting. Now, I am a big believer in that things happen for a reason. Once Father Les found out that I was a podcaster and that my subject was technology, he was searching for my show immediately. Father Les has been a big supporter of my podcast since I started. Although he knows a lot about his own technology, he tells me that I inspire him to be more intentional about his own. So, When I told Father Les that I was working on a podcast episode on ransomware, he told me that he was very familiar with this type of cyber hacking. Needless to say, I was naturally intrigued to ask him questions about it. Hence the reason why I have him on today's episode as my guest. Now, without further ado, here's my guest interview with Father Les. Okay, so um, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast, and um, you are officially the first guest on my podcast. Woo-hoo! Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so you, can you give, uh, give everyone a little bit of insight of uh, who you are and what you do, and a little bit about your church, too? Sure. Um, my name is Les Carpenter. I uh, am an Episcopal priest, and I'm the rector. That's a Episcopal word for head pastor of St. Aidan's Episcopal Church in Cypress, Texas. Uh, it's a great community on a Sunday. We probably have somewhere between 150, 175 people who come. So um, that's big by Episcopal Church standards, but small by Texas standards. 
Um, uh, and certainly it feels like an intimate, warm uh, place to connect and grow um, spiritually as an, and as a community, which is great. Um, St. Aidan's is also really focused on supporting the broader community in all kinds of outreach ways. Uh, we just like to love people and, ch and to challenge ourselves to live according to God's, uh, to God's direction. So um, it's a great church. Uh, they also, uh, it's, I also think it's a great church because they put up with me. Um, I'm a pretty uh, funky version of a pastor, I guess. Um, my hobby is improv comedy. Uh, which is a lot of fun for me uh, and has really helped me um, see life and other things through different lenses. Um, uh, the quirky, the funny, but also the um, deep and powerful. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me, I guess. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, definitely gives people a little bit of insight into you, uh, your, your window of your, your life and your, uh, your work. Um, Thank you. So uh, give us a little insight of what happened um, when it came to uh, finding out that you were cyber hacked. Yeah, well, at first, uh, we didn't know what was going on. Um, my church, the church secretary just sort of told me that the files all looked wrong um, and that we couldn't open them. Um, honestly, I had never, I had only heard of ransomware one time before that, which uh, was on a television show uh, called The Good Wife, um, <laughs> where a very fancy law firm got hit with it. Um, and I guess I was assumed it was for high-value targets, and we're not. Um, but I can't remember how much. The, the message that came up said that we were supposed to be, I think it was something like $250 um, to release our data um, and go to this website, which I was very wary of because obviously like they've already, uh, attacked our commuter, com uh, computer. Um, I certainly have been looking to protect our systems from, uh, the kind of viruses that destroy them, um, or just wreak, wreak havoc, but I had never thought of a profit motive in the whole, um, uh, computer virus world before. So uh, that was uh, a unique experience for me. Uh, we ended up not uh, paying. Um, the good news is for us, at least, we uh, had several, we did lose some important data, but it wasn't tragic because all of the really key data we had, we either had backed up or we were keeping it in a different, um, through a different program in the cloud. Uh, this really affected our shared drive uh, at the church. So um, in some ways, we had to go back. It was as if the church burned down digitally. Uh, we had to go back to all of the sort of catastrophic backups we had in place. Um, but the good news is for us that we didn't lose much other, much other than, you know, a lot of frustration, annoying, and staff time. Right. Um <clears throat> So when you were um, asked to pay this ransom, did you kind of think about paying it because you figured, well, it's a small amount. It's not like thousands of dollars um, when, when they were actually um, posing that on there. Well, I mean, if I did the straight cost benefit, I'm sure we spent more than $250 just in, like I said, staff time and frustration getting back to, steam, uh, to, to speed again. 
if it really only costed cost two hundred fifty dollars, the right thing, the economic thing would be to pay. Um, but I just didn't like I said, I I didn't trust to even go to the website. I mean, they already infected our our computers once. I don't know what they were going to do again. If I paid, I didn't know if we'd get hit again. Um, uh, since and like I said, I never heard of it before. I guess some people pay and get their files back, but it didn't seem like uh, a prudent move for us, especially because our most valuable data was secure. Um, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the kind of plan is, is what I think about is if you were to pay it, what's, what's for them to say, well, if you can pay 250, why not pay 5,000 or why not pay a little more? Um, you know, it, it's sort of, the, I guess, the way of reaching out to see if you're even going to be teased with the whole thought of paying it. So, yeah, I mean, it, if you're already encrypting my files for this ransom fund, what makes you think you're going to do something not do something more um, worse off than what was before. I guess it's the same as any ransom, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're dealing with an actor you know not to be trustworthy. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so talk a little bit about now what you've, you've changed as far as your back in office. Um, you, you said that you had actually were able to recoup um, from your backups, but so what have you actually done now um, in your organization to, I guess, um, potentially. Change our procedures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we made a bunch of changes, uh, in the first place, we um, first uh, off try to make try to uh, to make sure that our computers were clean. Um, then uh, try to get them to stay clean with uh, enhanced uh, virus protection software. Um, then we were working to try to recover files as best as we could because um, our backups were not necessarily mo the best organized. Um, uh, we had a backup procedure that was manual. Um, so someone actually had to click back up these files. Um, and uh, as human error happens, it had been a few more months than we were supposed to be. Um, uh, for we uh, initially, we're right now, we're still in a manual backup mode. Um, uh, where we back up our data uh, to other places, but it still goes through a person right now. Uh, we're in the process of looking at all of our technology because, uh, you, like I've said before, you inspire me, Michelle, um, uh, to both move. Uh, we have a NAS right now, which is like uh, mm -hmm. basically a joint file server um, uh, that's on campus. At the time, we decided to stay with an on-campus file server rather than go to the cloud because we were having problems keeping the internet working. <laughs> it's funny when you're like, you know, uh, when you're a church, you necessarily have access to all the technology um, or expertise in your small church. Um, but it's valuable. And, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of messed up that churches fall behind on that. Because uh, one of the things I always like to say is that church used to be the cutting edge, used to be the cutting edge of technology. 
I mean, the technology was like figuring out how to bind things into a book and uh, just reading and writing. Nobody else could do it. Um, but we did. We kept all the technology. We safeguarded all the data for thousands of years. This was, church was always in the forefront of technology. Part of the reason why um, books became really important in churches is because it was mystical to people to imagine that you could even, like, keep this much data in one place. It's crazy uh, to think of nowadays when we have so much uh, access to so much information just in our just in our pocket literally but um but that's the way that church was always on the forefront of uh technology and thought the first uh book that was ever um what do you call it mass produced or mass uh was the bible um so yes uh churches have always been on the forefront it's easy to fall behind and <laughs> we may have fallen victim to that a little bit um, but, uh, like I said, we're in the midst of trying to go on to completely online file storage, uh, and autom and backups that back up automatically. So they don't rely on human, uh, they can't fall victim to human error. Right. Yeah. And so also, uh, driving awareness to your, um, your staff, um, really <laughs> making them question whenever they receive some sort of email that looks kind of odd <laughs> like you received something and you weren't really expecting any kind of shipment and um, yeah, clicking on something that you weren't really sure who this recipient was that you or the person that sent it it's interesting you bring that up because um when i started talking with the lay leaders in the church because uh, obviously i had to be open about that especially with the lay uh, with people running it um first off when i told the finance committee uh one of the members of the finance committee a woman said uh you after i told them we had ransomware she said you mean like in the good wife apparently it was a very um it was a widely <laughs> seen episode but um but then also in the vestry one of the things i found a uh, vestry that's like our board of directors um one of the things i found is a lot of people really wanted to figure out wanted us to figure out how we got infected hmm. um and uh I have to confess, I did not spend a lot of time trying to figure that out um, because just the speed of business and life today, you know, it's which email did you click on that was wrong? I don't know how many months ago, in what window. I didn't even know how to begin. Certainly, I reviewed with my staff um, what to, when to open an email, when to not open an email, when to pick up an email as suspect. Um, they were aware of all of those things in general. Um, it's always good to have it be put back in front of your head because clicking takes a second, but I guess regret lives a lifetime. Um, but one way or another, um, uh, yeah, I never really, we never figured out what was the email or what was the culprit um, or whose like, fault it was. And I was less focused on that and more focused on how we put the thing back together well, that's good. And, but yeah, that's really kind of what I, I mentioned in my previous episode, number 12, you know, which was just showing the research that I did on ransomware. Uh, but the number one thing to prevent ransomware from ever hitting any business or individual or, you know, corporation for that matter is awareness and just mm -hmm. keeping people aware of if you. Oops. <laughs> Andy was a little abrupt. Sorry. Not sure what happened there, but that was some great information that Father Les shared. I really enjoy chatting with Father Les. He's not afraid of what technology has to offer us today. Although he has, he has had to experience a really tragic and uncomfortable situation, 
The church is able to recover and has made several changes in their processes to ensure they are backing up and that all the staff members are being leery of clicking on links or attachments and emails. The main takeaway that I want to get out of this interview with Father Les is that you need to incorporate a few things with your technology or anything that you do with technology for that matter. The first being awareness. I covered all the different types of phishing emails and that's spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G in episode number 12 that you need to be aware of. This is your first line of defense for not getting hacked. Heck, it's still hard for me to believe that just being aware or questioning things is really your best line of defense for being hacked. As we were discussing what happened, I really think Father Les really made a great statement about this. Clicking takes a second, but I guess regret lives a lifetime. Be more aware of emails that you are not familiar with. If you're not sure, then delete it. The second is back up your data. This one is a big one. There should not be an excuse for why you have not set up a plan to back up your data on a daily or weekly basis. If you are a small business owner and are using G Suite or Office 365 platforms in your business, then you need to add the activity of backing up your data as a priority. You can use an external hard drive, but will have to do the due diligence in doing your manual backup. In other words, you will have to remind yourself and never forget to do a weekly or daily backup of your files. Just like Father Les mentioned, human error comes into play here. And also hardware failure is another tipping point for you to think about when it comes to external drives. You have to ensure the drive is in a secure place where it won't be dropped or damaged by water or fire. There are several companies that offer cloud-to-cloud backup. That essentially backing up your cloud data to another cloud solution. Hence, you don't need the external hard drive to have a backup. I use spanning backup in my business because that backup is for my Google platform. If I'm ever attacked with ransomware, then I know I can restore my data from my backup. The cost of cloud-to-cloud backup is inexpensive to have, but should be a necessity in your budget. Just like you have homeowner's insurance in place to rebuild your house, a backup is your insurance policy to have your data restored. This is not only for ransomware, but accidental or malicious deletion from employees or contractors. If you're interested in using a cloud-to-cloud backup system, I will have a link to spanning backup in the show notes. Ransomware is becoming more common and not many people know about it. Hopefully I have shed some light on the subject and getting the word out. If you found today's show informative and helpful, share it with a friend. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or if you want to receive a notice in your inbox, join my email club. I send out an email every week when a new episode becomes available. Until next week, thanks for listening.